Cole Komet got paid in Ryan Pohl's first contract extension as Chicago Bears general manager. We'll break down the deal and why it was team-friendly for the Bears, but also financially friendly for the young tight end. You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Bears, and I'm your host, Lauren Cox. I'm here to bring you your daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. You can follow me on Twitter, at CoxSports1. You can follow the podcast on Twitter, at Locked On Bears. You can like Locked On Bears on Facebook. Join the Locked On Bears Facebook group for even more Bears talk. And make sure you hit that subscribe button on the Locked On Bears YouTube channel to keep up with all of our video podcasts as well. Thanks for making Locked On Bears your first listen today. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we especially love our everydayers tuning in five days a week for your daily Bears fix. On the show today, we'll talk about this Cole Komet contract extension. We'll look at his value in this Chicago Bears offense, his value to this team, and what he does well for this Bears offense. We'll also look more closely at the contract itself, how he stacks up with other tight ends in the league and why it appears to be a bit team-friendly in terms of financial flexibility, but also rewards Cole Komet with a nice payday as well. And we'll wrap up looking at who could be next in the contract extension circuit, some potential candidates, one more likely than all the others, but a couple of names maybe that we haven't talked about much in that department yet this offseason. Last week on the podcast, we had former NFL tight end Clay Harbor, who you might know on Twitter at ClayHarbs82, who does a lot of Bears media work, lives in Chicago, is friend of the show, met him a couple times over the years down at Senior Bowl and around Chicago. Good dude, had him on to break down the tight end position as far as a, a training camp preview last week. So if you want even more in-depth on the position, how tight end works, and also Robert Tanyan as a part of this conversation, make sure you go back and take a listen to that. Because one of the key things I pulled out, I pulled from that conversation that I really wanted to dive in a little bit deeper on, there's so much to get to with Clay that we didn't, we didn't really get to hone in on it as much, is this sort of like dual value of tight ends in this Bears offense. Right? I think it's easy to look at Cole Komet's production over the course of his career and feel almost a little disappointed, right? That he's he's never really taken that big leap forward, right? Everyone's kind of waiting for that Cole Komet breakout. And like two years ago, he had six, a crew high 612 yards. It was like, all right, like there's a nice, a nice step. It wasn't quite the full-on breakout breakout, but really kind of established himself as a solid, reliable target in year two. Year three finally gets back in the end zone with seven touchdowns last season. But, you know, the yardage didn't take a big leap forward. The catches and yards were down, but the Bears offense as a whole was down a bit in terms of catches and, and receiving and passing in general. So like it still hasn't happened. So now we're like year four and I still hear people have been interviewed on other podcasts where it's like, you know, is this the year that, that Cole Komet is going to break out? Is this the year that he's going to take that big step forward? And you're kind of left feeling like we've been thinking about this for a couple of years now. And he's a guy who, you know, hasn't been quite on that level of the truly elite of the elite tight ends. He's been more in that second or third tier of tight ends, right? No one's going to mistake him for Travis Kelsey. No one's going to mistake him for George Kittle, not a, not a Darren Waller, and probably not even, you know, from as a receiver, not quite a, a Dallas Goddard or an Evan Ingram, but that doesn't mean he's not valuable to the Chicago Bears and can do a lot of different things 
in this offense, right? First and foremost, I don't think his raw receiving numbers are going to be the best way to measure his impact because the Bears passing game has not been best. You know, it's, it's not the same level to measure raw volume passing numbers compared to other teams because of how this offense just operates a little bit differently now with Justin Fields as his quarterback. But certainly, you know, on an efficiency standpoint, on sort of a, a per reception type basis, like Cole Komet last season was 17th in yards per reception, which is, you know, solid. He was, I believe, 10th in yards after catch per reception, had a handful of broken tackles in there as well, 12th in forced missed tackles among tight ends with six in the league. So, like, he, he's able to be somewhat of a weapon in the passing game, but so much of his value to the team is in the versatility to also be respected as a blocker. It's about having really the threat of both. Right. Some of those other tight ends, the receiving tight ends like a, a Kelsey and a, an Evan Ingram, for example, Darren Waller, to some extent, like, sure, they can get in guys way as a blocker, but they're not necessarily, you know, dictating exactly how the defense is going to is going to respond to him in the running game. Right. We talked we heard Clay Harbor on the podcast talk about it last week a little bit like a lot of those weaker blocking tight ends that are just more the receivers at the position in your blocking scheme you tend to have to ask them to have less important responsibilities on the play. You kind of hide them as the blocker. You find the easier matchup for them to block by moving them in different ways and aligning them in different ways so that they're they're part of your blocking, but they're not a focal point of your blocking. And Cole Komet is a guy who you can rely on on the front side of a blocking play as functionally closer to an extra offensive lineman. I don't think he's that elite as a blocker. He's good, but not elite elite as a blocker. So it's not the exact same as a six offensive lineman, but in the way that you're going to scheme your play, he he offers you that level of, of trust in him as a blocker. And so then for opposing defenses, right, you have to then know that when Cole Komet is in line at, on the play, he's not just going to run routes, right? I think pe- people know like when it's Darren Waller, whoever is is lined up on the play, like you're worried about him as a receiver and you're not really accounting for him that much as a blocker. And so when you run play action, for example, like he's going to run out as a receiver and you can kind of instantly see like, okay, it's a passing play because that tight end isn't actually staying in the block because he's just not that good at blocking. But with Cole Komet, like because he has the threat as a receiver and the threat as a blocker, if you will, sort of that idea of like a legitimate blocker, teams can teams aren't able to then pick up as much on what the Bears are doing. You, because he has that true reliable versatility he, he is not going to be an indicator of what you're doing on a play. You know, whereas I think a Robert Tanyan is going to be a little bit more of like a big wide receiver at tight end who will give away a little bit more of what you're playing. You know, he's going to be more of a weapon on passing plays and not as much of a blocker on passing plays or running plays comparatively. And so like Komet gives you that disguise of like, you don't know what he's going to do on any given play because you have to respect his ability as a blocker and his ability as a receiver. You know, blocking tight ends, oh, we don't have to worry about covering them. Receiving tight ends, oh, we don't really have to worry about them affecting how we want to how we want to fit this run D or how we want to affect our blitz package because they're just not that reliable as a, as a blocker. Komet can do both, and I think that's what makes then his value to the Bears and his value on this contract more than just what his volume receiving numbers are in terms of catches, yards, and touchdowns. I do think when you get into some of the nitty gritty of the actual contract, you come away feeling like both the Bears maintain financial flexibility here, but also Cole Komet got a lot of money and a lot of guaranteed money 
that should reward him for his play too. So we'll kind of look at some of the contract numbers here and what it means for the Bears and the rest of the tight end market next on Locked on Bears. The Locked on Bears podcast is brought to you by our friends at eBay Motors, and they've teamed up with Locked on Fantasy Football and their host, Vinny Iyer, to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week all season long. So right now we're prepping for drafts or certainly in season when you're scouting for the waiver wire. Every week, we're going to be providing you players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster. So with draft prep underway for the upcoming season, let's see who Vinny has picked out for us on this week's eBay's Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week. If you're looking to make a smooth turn in your fantasy football snake draft, maybe you got the last pick of the first round or the first pick of the second round or somewhere right around that end in the beginning, you'll be guaranteed to have two of the surest performers by going all AFC West with Raiders wide receiver Devontae Adams and Kansas City Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes. Adams has proven that he remains a reliable top selection in Las Vegas. Well, of course, Mahomes is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. High floor, high ceiling, a luxury option at the quarterback position. Vinny Iyer from Locked On Fantasy Football is going to help you win your fantasy championship. And eBay Motors knows a championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. The same goes for your vehicle. With eBay Motors Guaranteed Fit and over 122 million parts and accessories for your vehicle available right at your fingertips, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Air filters, brakes, batteries, taillights, alternators, shocks, struts, whatever you need, they've got it. eBay Motors will make sure it's the right fit for your car because eBay's Guaranteed Fit helps you understand exactly what part you need for your vehicle the first time. So go forth, crank up the AC and say goodbye to sweating if your ride needs a little fixing up because now you'll know you'll always be set up for success from the get-go. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, everything your vehicle is calling for is just a click away. For the parts and accessories that fit your vehicle, just look for the green check. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices at ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay Guaranteed Fit, only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. When you see the raw numbers for Cole Komet's contract extension, it's a big deal, right? Like four years, $50 million is a nice round number, puts him at, what is that, $12.5 million per year on average. It's a really solid deal for the tight end. That is making him one of the highest paid Chicago Bears players, certainly in terms of a per, per year average right now. I think it puts him instantly at third, I believe. We'll see exactly what the cap number is going to come in here, but it comes in after DJ Moore and Eddie Jackson. I think actually after Tremaine Edmonds as well, but certainly a top five now highest paid player on the Chicago Bears in Cole Komet. I'm not sure that if we went through the math, would Cole Komet be the fifth best player on the Bears? No, but that's the nature of he's the latest guy to get a contract extension. The next guys who get their next contracts will also surpass him likely and push him down. So, And, and we'll get into who those next guys could be in a little bit. But I think the main takeaway for me is that this deal balanced out getting the Bears some financial flexibility here. That it's a four-year deal, but they're certainly not locked in to four years of Cole Komet guaranteed. It's really, I think, closer. We haven't seen the exact numbers yet for the year-to-year, but I think it's going to be about like a two-year deal with two team options after that. But it also gives Cole Komet quite a bit of guaranteed money, quite a bit of money up front, quite a bit of money that is insured to go to his pockets regardless of what the next four years brings him. And so I think the Bears found a nice way to make a little bit of a happy medium there. So 
Some of the details we've seen, uh, ESPN's Courtney Cronin has reported some of them, and I think uh, PFF's Brad Spielberger, friend of the show, has also reported some of the details here. It's four years, $50 million, with $31.25 million guaranteed. I've actually seen a little split on whether it's 32.25, 32.8, but around $32 million guaranteed total in the deal. And one of the key factors here is that the Bears front-loaded this deal. The, the, The contract will have... $20 $20 million in new first year cash. Essentially, so, you know, when you start to split, if you split $50 million over four years, if that was even all four years, it'd be 12 and a half, 12 and a half, 12 and a half, 12 and a half. The Bears have said, we're going to give him 20 in the first year. And then that leaves then 30 to split over the last three years. So it becomes, it's not as quite as this, a little oversimplified, but essentially it becomes 20 million in the first year and then 10, 10, 10. It likely won't be exactly that when the actual details come out, but like functionally for the Bears books, it'll be like 20 million this year and then 10 split over each of the next three seasons. So then when you start to do the guaranteed math on that, if you take roughly $32 million on his deal, the teams always put more of the guaranteed money early in the deal. You want to get that out of the way as quickly as possible so that you're not locked into guaranteed money in year four and you're not you know stuck with that contract because there's so much guaranteed cash that you just don't get any salary cap savings if you release them. So typically, you make the entire first year of the deal fully guaranteed. You just signed to the contract extension. You're expecting things to be great now. Guarantee those first years and not guarantee the last few years. So if that first year is $20 million and you have a total of $32 million guaranteed, Ideally, then all 20 of that is guaranteed in year one. If it's, if it's first year cash, that's all going to Cole Clement. He's getting $20 million guaranteed. That means then out of that 32 million, if 20 are in the first year, that only leaves you $12 million guaranteed for the remaining three years of the contract. Presumably then you could just fully guarantee the second year at $12 million. And then boom, year three has no guaranteed money. And year four would have no guaranteed money. Typically, They'd space it out a little bit more. They know they have a couple of million guaranteed in, in each of the last couple of seasons, but not anything huge, but just a little bit. So it's not going to be that. It's not going to be exactly year one and year two guaranteed, year two and or year three and year four not guaranteed. But that's kind of the if I had to predict without having the actual full contract details out just yet, really, it's going to be the first two years, mostly fully guaranteed. The last two years, hardly any guaranteed. So they're locked into Colcomet for 2023 and 2024 as part of the contract extension. And then. 25 and 26 become team options at that point. The Bears could cut him and likely not have very much dead cap space in either of those two seasons. And ultimately, it gives them that flexibility because you lock in a young tight end for as long as the Bears want in four years, but gives Cole Komet two years of sort of guaranteed, you know, if he has a catastrophic injury, I mean, there's injury guarantees built in there too, but like if, if for some reason his production drops off the map, for whatever reason, things go horribly wrong, He's 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 got two years of guaranteed funds. He's getting thirty-two million dollars no matter what happens for the most part here, with with some exceptions. But like pretty much no matter what happens on the field, he's getting thirty-two million of that fifty million. That's what guaranteed means in this context. But also for the Bears, no matter what happens, they're only forced into this Colcomet contract for what looks to be two seasons as it stands right now. As you look at where it sort of fits in the contract market right now for tight ends. I certainly want to give a shout out to our friends at overthecap.com. I believe the 12 and a half million guaranteed, or sorry, the 12 and a half million per year average puts him tied with Hunter Henry as far as the, I believe that would make them both tied for the ninth highest paid tight end in the NFL. In terms of total value, I believe the $50 million number was around, uh, certainly I know the guaranteed money was fifth among tight ends. The $50 million value, I don't have 
an exact ranking for that, but it's pretty close to seventh or sixth in there as I'm eyeballing the contracts right now. I think it's seventh most total value in a contract to a tight end, but again, it guarantees put him in the top five there uh, with Kittle, Andrew, Dallas Goddard, and actually the rookie Pitts is also ahead of him in total guaranteed. And so to me, that that puts Cole Komet right there, right around the ninth highest paid tight end. Is he the ninth best tight end in football? Mm, maybe not in terms of per year average. That's where he ranks ninth. I don't know if he's quite ninth, but that's not far from where he is. And when you think about contract math, right, it's always whoever gets the newest contract ends up being higher on the pay scale. And then the next guys who haven't gotten their extensions yet end up passing him. And over the course of the contract, the average value ends up slowly looking like a better and better deal in long term as everyone else's contracts continue to go higher over time. So as other tight ends start to get their contract extensions as well, it'll push Cole Komet's ranking down a tight end in the tight end of value there. And ultimately I think leave him a little bit closer to where he is among other tight ends, which to me is like, you know, in the 10 to 15 range, you know, somewhere around 12th ish best tight end. I don't, we don't need to power rank the tight ends right now, but that's sort of the range. I think we start to think about Cole Komet at this stage of his career, understanding that he's what, like 25 years old at this point And is still in a, he's still only 24 actually turns 25 next March. So he can still, he's not at his prime. He's not at his peak yet. He's going to continue to get better and I think continue to provide some great value for the Bears in that contract while also getting rewarded himself with $32 million in his pocket or at least 20 in his pocket right away and 32 for sure coming his way and maybe up to 50 coming his way over the course of that deal. It's a big first contract extension for Ryan Poles. We're expecting at least one more to come at some point, but who that ends up looking at and when exactly that starts to come is a big question right now with a lot of the contract extension candidates facing some serious questions or at least some some minor questions enough to make you wonder about what these negotiations are going to look like. We'll go through some of the other contract extension candidates next on Locked on Bears. The number one option that I think we're all expecting some sort of contract extension to be reached perhaps before the regular season is Darnell Mooney at wide receiver. You know, he too from the same draft class as Cole Komet. He's a guy who I think at this point has proven himself enough, right? Much like Cole Komet, he's only, he's Mooney's only 25 and has not necessarily reached his peak just yet. But we saw in 2021, he was a thousand yard receiver and like a, a bona fide thousand yard receiver, maybe not a true number one wide receiver. Although I think borderline, I think that there's a debatable line there and that's sometimes an arbitrary debate anyway, but like truly like a guy who can be a playmaker, who can be a difference maker, who's not a top five or a top 10 wide receiver in the NFL, but is certainly top 20. And again, you can start to nitpick and debate like where, where that starts to go, or at least certainly top 32. Like I think this guy can, can be a fairly top option in an offense. Like he, he is fast. He's explosive. He's a good route runner. He's a playmaker, makes plays after the catch. He's not elite in a lot of those areas, but like he's, he's very good. Like Darnell Mooney is a really solid wide receiver and the Bears are lucky to have him. And I think even though he was injured for almost half of last season and only finished with a career low, 40 catches, 493 yards and two touchdowns, there's still, I think, a certain level of confidence in who he is and what he is as a player and what he's going to continue to be. Now, part of the reason I think we haven't seen him get that contract extension yet is because he's been injured, because he had ankle surgery this offseason and is just now practicing really for the first time in full capacity. And even that, not even quite full capacity, they're still ramping up at training camp. 
And I think if you're Ryan Poles and the Chicago Bears, you fully trust Darnell Mooney will get healthy and will be 100% again, but you're not going to give him the contract extension until you actually see it, right? There's no... There's not that much urgency to say, got to get him the deal now before we fully see him healthy again. Like, even though you're 99% confident that the ankle surgery will be fine and he'll still be the same player afterward, you still want to, it would be reckless to give an injured player a massive contract extension without being 100% certain that his health will be 100% and that he'll be back and, and, and good to go. Now he is back. Now I think it's not going to be then instant contract extension agreement there, but I do think perhaps as we go through the preseason and as we see more and more of Darnell Mooney back to doing Darnell Mooney things, I suspect we'll probably see that contract extension done before week one and maybe even sooner. I think uh, Mooney mentioned at his press conference yesterday that he and Cole Komet share an agent, I think he said. I think he said like financial person, but like some 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 form of representation is shared between Cole Komet and Darnell Mooney. And so I'm sure Ryan Poles and that person have been having the same kind of conversations that they've been having for Komet and Mooney. I think it's sort of a, a nice one-stop shop there and probably some, if they just reached a deal, it's probably some good feelings, good, uh, you know, good negotiation momentum there to keep things going for Darnell Mooney before before too much longer. Other guys are, op, are, are what's the word? Eligible. That's the word I was like. Other guys are eligible, though. Uh, I think the other biggest name is Jalen Johnson, also from the same draft class also in the last year of his deal, also still like, what, 25 years old, another one of these young players who you're paying not only for what they've done so far, but also what you're expecting them to be able to do over the next four years of that contract. You're paying for some of the future production as well. He's only 24, just turned 24 in April. But at the same time, Jalen Johnson has not played a full 16 or 17 game season through his three years in as a Chicago Bear. There are some questions about durability there, and I think there's some questions about value there when when Jalen Johnson is your number one cornerback, but is he, is he, you know, he, he might want to be paid like a top five cornerback, like a top 10 cornerback. And is he top five or top 10? I think again, like he's top 20, he might even be top 15. And it's not, it's not like specific. It's not important to again, power rank the cornerbacks and find out exactly what number we think Jalen Johnson is, and then slot that exactly to where his contract should be. But I think he sees himself as a number one cornerback and a guy who needs to be paid like one of the top young cornerbacks in football. And I think the Bears say like, yeah, you've shown flashes of that and we really like you, but we want to see more of it. And we also want to see you stay healthy if we're going to hand you X amount of guaranteed money that we want you to be on the field and really getting that guaranteed money and not just, you know, getting it from the trainer's table in the recovery room there. Like there, there's some real questions about Jalen Johnson that makes it feel like that one's less likely to get done before the season and that those two sides might be farther apart. Chase Claypool, also eligible, but clearly after what we saw last season, we're not going to see a massive long-term contract extension before the year. I think that wouldn't be in Claypool's best interest to try and bet on himself and try and do even better and get a better deal. I think for the Bears' interest too, like you got to see Cole, you got to see Claypool be better than that before you're willing to pay him better than that. So like he's eligible, but I don't think based on everything we've known and seen so far that that's going to happen for him. A couple of dark horse names that won't be Big money deals won't be the big breaking news contract, but we won't do a whole episode on, but are eligible and maybe could be in consideration there. Uh, the kicker, Cairo Santos, has been solid for the Bears up to this point. I mean, I think we, we've reached a point where I think we can, and yes, anything can happen with kickers and guys drop off, but it's been like three seasons in a row of really high field goal accuracy. Last year had the PAT problems, but got those figured out by the end of the season. So I think confidence is pretty good there. 
It's not going to be a $50 million contract. It might be a $15 million kind of contract. So it's not as big of a, a deal, but certainly an extension eligible player at this point. And two defensive linemen, Justin Jones and Travis Gibson are both interesting cases here. Both will be free agents this year. Justin Jones came in on a two-year deal last year. The Bears view him as one of the leaders up front. He came out and talked a bunch of crap to Packers fans at a press conference a month ago. But obviously, Dexter and Pickens and Bell are supposed to be the future of defensive tackles. So I don't know that you want to lock in uh, Justin Jones for like a four-year deal. But could you bring him back? Could you add another year or two to his contract and keep him around to mentor those guys and rotate with those guys and give you good depth and maybe starting there as your younger guys continue to develop? Perhaps there could be some some value there. Uh, Also with Travis Gibson. Like we saw him two years ago be a seven-sack guy. But last season, there was certainly a drop-off there as you took away... uh, Khalil Mack first, and then also moved Robert Quinn out of the equation. The responsibility got a lot more difficult for Gibson, and he only had three sacks as a result. So I think kind of like Claypool for him, it's like, let's see it. Like, you could extend Gibson, but you're not going to want to pay him as a seven-sack guy yet. You want to see him really have some real production there. And I think for him, he wants to go have a big year to get an even bigger contract afterwards. So I think there's a certain level of those guys needing to prove it. Now, could Jalen Johnson or or Darnell Mooney or Cairo Santos or even Justin Jones be a guy that maybe four, five, six weeks into the season, it's like, okay, we've seen it again for a certain amount of time to where we feel comfortable with that and let's get this deal done. I think that's also in the realm of possibility here. But for the most part, if I if I was a betting man, which I, I am, certainly with our friends at FanDuel, but if, if you could bet on which Bears player is going to get a contract extension, which is not one of the odds they have available, I would bet that Darnell Mooney gets one done and no one else does before the end of the regular season. I I have a feeling everyone else will play on their current deals, but Mooney is the one who's left that I think could get a deal done. We'd love to know what you think of Cole Komet's contract, though. Give us a tweet, or I guess an X, on on X, Twitter, at Lockdown Bears. You can leave a comment on the YouTube video here on the Lockdown Bears YouTube channel and post in the Lockdown Bears Facebook group as well. Do you think it was a good deal for the Bears? you glad they got Cole Komet locked up? Do you think they overpaid him? Do you think they underpaid him? How excited are you about having Cole Komet here for the next four years, or at least the next two years, fully guaranteed there. We'd love to hear what you think uh, on the podcast. However you do it, make sure you hit that subscribe button on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. That's going to be the best way to keep up with all of our daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. Thanks for making Locked On Bears your first listen today. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, and we love our everydayers tuning in five days a week. Come on back tomorrow. I I had teased this for today, but the Comet extension was big news that we had to get to here. But we're going to learn a little bit more, again, barring another big breaking Bears news. I want to check in on Darnell Wright and some of the improvements and progress he's made this offseason. Ryan Poles illuminated a few things there. I also want to check in on the Justin Fields-DJ Moore connection because we got some better insight as to what that actually looks like and how real that connection is. And I also want to talk about Justin Fields and the quarterback Netflix show that's it's really popular right now. They asked Fields to come on. He said no, but I want to talk about that different dynamic as well. So that's all coming down the pipeline here on Lockdown Bears. And of course, always coming down the pipeline is your next opportunity to bear down.